0: Hello there, Good Friday, Pop Pickers. It's Chappie, the British Butler, and here we are again in our little comfortable, whimsical seat. We like to call Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese. And it is lovely to uh, to be here once again with you for the next couple of days. I mean, I mean, we're not going to be doing forty-eight hours of podcasts. I mean, I, I think I'd have to have something to constantly be lubricating my throat. To do 48 hours worth of podcasts. Uh, But we do have a podcast today and tomorrow. And that's probably more than enough for most of you. So it's been an interesting week. I've had my second vaccination. My second jab. And um, this was on Wednesday. So the the people called me. I was meant to be having it today. Uh, That would have been a month uh, since my last one. But uh, I was called to come in on Wednesday. So I went in. Toddled in. And uh, had it and, you know, felt pretty good. Uh, pretty good on the Wednesday. Uh, Thursday morning, I walked the hounds as normal and uh, feeling spiffing, really. I mean, full of the joys of spring. Uh, but uh, then it was, became full of the joys of a nuclear winter, basically. Uh, because I started shivering. I uh, started having headache. Everything was aching. I mean, uh, I didn't think the tips of them my toes could ache, uh, but you know what? I had some Tylenol. I, um, I watched some good quality British detective dramas whilst in bed. And um, God, I sound so rock and roll, don't I? And this morning I feel, I honestly feel like spring has sprung in my body. Everything feels good. Uh, The arm isn't really aching at all, where it felt like yesterday I was laying on a coconut. Maybe not quite as hairy as a coconut, but that's how it felt yesterday. Um, And you know what? 24 hours of slight pain and slight discomfort is worth it. Not to get this lingering, uh, awful disease. Um, I mean, it is like the plague. Uh, So that's, uh, that's my story, and I feel bloody good today. I mean, good enough to do the podcast, but I mean, I would do the, I would actually do the podcast even if I was, uh, even if I was convalescing in bed. I would still, for you, the people, it's my honourable service to you, the listener, the uh, Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese podcast. And I believe it is episode 86. Look at me, I'm all prepared. This is how I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today. Uh, well, maybe the bushy tail, but not the bright eyes. But I always seem to manage to wake up at five o'clock. It seems to be the the uh, chagrin of my life. Um, but uh, if that's all I have to worry about, then that's uh, that's nothing at all, is it really? Uh, but th- th- there we go. The- here we are again. Uh, as I said, this is our typical. This is where we have the uh, the cheap seats every Friday and Saturday. Um, you know, we-, we pack people into economy. And, um, you know, we, we, we ask that that uh, you don't eat any garlic. If you are, then you definitely have to wear a face mask, even if you've been vaccinated or not. And, uh, and you, you sit down and you enjoy the, uh, the, uh, the podcast. Uh, we do have a little intermission, um, you know, after today's podcast, there'll be an intermission until tomorrow, where you're very welcome to, uh, to eat as much popcorn as you want. Um, or, uh, you know, we don't we don't have hefty charges when it comes to the confectionery here at Keep and Cauliflower Cheese. All the sweetness and all the goodness is uh, free to your ears and uh, for you to enjoy and uh, and have uh, much fun and games with uh, whatever you want to call this audio spectacle. So what's on the show today? You ask, dear chappie. And it's quite a it's a it's a quite a fun-packed show. Uh, we have some temporary wartime golf rules. I heard the song "Fish Heads," and I hadn't heard that song in probably thirty years. So I, I don't know why it came into my head, but um, can you remember the the video to "Fish Heads"? Um, a little discussion about my possible vanity, smoking jackets, uh, how dogs never rest um also um have you uh, have you ever tried the glockenspiel jeggens i mean it's a new invention i think that are you know very appealing to the eye and very appealing tactile wise as well if you like you sort of run your hands along it; it is very very fun and um uh, to more chat, chat more chap chat uh we might have a, a pop-up chappy um i'm turning into my dad uh also uh the sound of one hand clapping uh, we're getting a little bit zen here on the podcast today and um more uh, suburban uh crime stories and local news uh coming your way uh, i think we're talking squirrels maybe uh maybe mushrooms as well uh we have a little feature that uh, i'm I'm, re- I'm sort of recycling us and peddling us out here i used to have a uh many 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 years ago I've always liked the sound of my own voice many years ago I had a hospital radio show where I mean you've got a perfect audience but everybody's in bed there and they can't help but listen Uh, back in the day that was the only entertainment they had there was no there was no TV in the hospital so you had to listen to hospital radio so you have a fool like me rabbiting on for hours on end playing music um trying not to play Stairway to Heaven or anything like that. And uh, that's what people enjoyed uh, listening to um, uh, in, in, in terms of hospital radio. Uh, but we, we're recycling a feature called Education and Etiquette. We do have our Enigmatic English Eccentric. Uh, what would you wear for a staycation? How to avoid uh, neck and shoulder tension? How Henry, uh, how Philip, uh, Prince Philip fell for Henry VIII? Have you got Zoom fatigue? I know everybody's having uh, having Zoom fatigue at the moment. And the drone video showed great white sharks swimming next to humans as well. That was a little bit of a shocking one, uh, to say the least. More trumple trombone and um, much fun and games. I mean, I really do like feel like celebrating going to the fair today. Going to a coconut shy, uh, going on those teacups that the uh, carnies used to spin around. They didn't like the look of you and these... Carney types used to spin you around and it smelled like uh, probably feces and vomit I, I feel like going to one of those fairs today maybe getting some hand candy floss and winning a huge cuddly toy so holidays beckon uh but only those a driver a train ride away it's the spring of the staycation uh, and thankfully we don't have to stay in our homes anymore uh yet when even the joneses are staying put Keeping up with them this year means more than a holiday cottage or a reservation at a local pub. While you want plenty of no-brainer, wafty dresses, even for the gentlemen as well. Get your wafty dresses out, gents. And sandals in your suitcase. You'll also have to make space for a few weather-specific additions. So dice with the dungas. Dungarees, for men and ladies, for mantelpieces and the ladies, dungarees are a contentious fashion item, but a joy to wear but you needn't worry so much about finding the perfect proportions as you must with a jumpsuit because you can lengthen or shorten the straps to the fit you can also go utilitarian or not as you like it I love the simplicity of a great cut of toast ecra denim um, Sarah Jessica Parker is apparently wearing these uh, new fashionable dungarees and khaki dungarees and I do have a problem I I know in America you can't say khakis but it sounds like khakis it's khaki. But I can't I can't get I can't get I can't get I can't get that going with the I khakis. Anyway, go off the grid. Uh, the style set uh beelining not for swanky hotels where you can eat indoors where you can't eat indoors yet, but alternatives off the beaten track. Netta Porter's global head of styling, Harriet Haskell Thomas, has been exploring the Welsh coast in the UK. So hit the coast, tapping into hashtag vanlife oh no not please the van life where it smells of wet dogs and old takeaways and you get moody with each other we talked about van life a few weeks ago uh and if maybe you want a shepherd's hut you're doing the david cameron shepherd's huts can be uh luxurious with all the beautiful uh uh, rapture and wright Farronball ball painted kitchens all of that uh hot pottery handmade plates in your little shepherd's cottage so a lot of people are doing, uh, doing the staycation. Uh, so they're enjoying this, uh, the cottage and the shepherd's, uh, shepherd's nook. Uh, in Cornwall, the hot tickets for dinner are at the North Sea Kitchen in Fowry. So Cornwall is somewhere where a lot of people are hitting in the UK. It's almost like the uh, English Riviera, I guess, down in there. Um, but uh, make sure you have your wafty dresses on. Ladies and gentlemen, white lace or brodery. Uh, Anglaise, complete with a good life fantasy. Uh, after a year in elasticated waistbands, the waftier the better. Get your wafty white cotton dresses out. It's uh, the, you know, more the more embroidered the better. If it looks like a, a, a doily, so much the better. And you have to scale up your swimwear as well. When you're sunning yourself, tan lines are less of a consideration and cold water, more of one. That, that's probably more in the UK. We're not talking about. Uh, Carbo or uh, or uh, the the west coast of the US. Um, a friend of mine had to borrow a pair of her husband's board shorts, apparently, in this article, while paddle boarding because her swimwear felt too skimpy once she dipped her toe in the water. Now, you don't want to be freezing off your batukis, do? You? And also pack your pajamas, pack your PJs. A consideration when sunning yourself is uh, is the wind chill in the UK. You might need more than a swimsuit on the beach. A pair of linen beach pyjamas. Uh, sleeper, the brand behind the feather-trimmed party pyjamas uh, that Kendall Jenner and apparently Catherine Ryan is, uh, is wearing. So if you want some like, uh, you want some wafty wide-legged linen pyjamas as well if you're on your staycation as well. I mean, it's for the windchill in the UK, but also uh, to you know keep yourself out of the sun as well. So uh, keep notes of this. You want your wafty dresses your wide-legged pajamas, your wafty pajamas as well. Everything's wafty this week. Um, and tread brightly when exploring seaside towns. Wear technicolor bright sandals, but avoid the crocodillos. Do not wear the crocodillos, people. Do not wear the crocodillos. Um, and, then, uh, and then, you know, take drive. Border taking walks, take a drive. Preferably to a manor house. Lots of National Trust properties in the UK are open up as well. Lots of lovely places to go that are now open again uh, to uh, to go and visit. Hothouse floral blankets. Uh, the summer standout dress is hot, the hothouse floral variety. So maybe I need to get myself a pair of floral shorts. That could be the way forward, I think, for uh, for myself here. And also brace yourself. Try some cold water immersion in your local water or f- river or forest. Helena Christensen's do it. Wim Hof's do it. It's very, very invigorating. You just might bite your lip the first 10 seconds or 20 or 30 seconds. So everybody's been into these weighted blankets uh, to help sleep. I mean, they say that it should be, I don't know, a third of your body weight or something. So mine will probably be like 100 pounds or something along those lines. Um, but but it does, it's meant to help you sleep. Uh, just a feeling of that weight on you is meant to, meant to help the slumber, basically. Uh, but you know, I found in the last couple of weeks because I've got a rat terrier that likes to uh, crawl into the boudoir and uh, he, he's not always the best sleeper. I mean he sounds like uh, I mean he sounds like a sort of uh, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex with a severe cold a lot of the time. I mean I wish I could give him like some sort of honey and lemon lozenge. Uh, to help him breathe at night because he really does it sounds like a sort of death rat or part Darth Vader um so I but I the other day I was getting so tired of him uh, making this noise um one of the one of the pillows actually fall fell down on top of him um you know he got his head out perfect space to breathe and everything um but the, the weight of the pillow on his body with his head free allowed him to sleep very very well and I found like the last couple of nights he now wants this sort of heavier pillow this weighted pillow um on his uh, on himself and it uh, and it helps him uh, fall into a deep sleep and uh, he sleeps until the morning so I don't know this is just purely by accident as I said a, a pillow falling on top of him and he you know likes the warmth likes the weight of it and uh, and it's helping him. Uh, it's helping him sleep at night. So I'm. I'm. You know, very pleased about that. Uh, because um, you know, I get up in the middle of the night, have a cup of tea, but I don't think the rat terrier would You know, want a cup of PT tips in the middle of the night or anything along those lines. Uh, but it does. It does help him. Uh, help him drift off. So any. Uh, you know, anybody out there with a, a dog with insomnia, and it does happen. I'm sure. Uh, then uh, then try a little bit of a heavier pillow just across their body, and uh, they'll soon drift off in no time. So, how to avoid neck and shoulder tension. I mean, this podcast really is uh, pure public service, without a doubt. So, number one, roll in a tennis ball. Anna Poyser, a sports uh, physiotherapist who works at the Lawn Tethers Association. Uh, new balls, please. Uh, says you don't need expensive DIY massage tools to release shoulder tension. A tennis, cricket, or laundry ball will uh, do just the job. What's a laundry ball? Like, uh, I guess it's where you put your detergent in or anything. To release tension in the posterior shoulder muscles, which includes the trapezius and the uh, latissimus dorsi, line your back on the floor and place a tennis or cricket ball behind your shoulder on a sensitive area where you feel most tension. Roll gently over the ball, massaging the area for 45 seconds or longer before switching sides. I, don't, I always get, you know, I think it's having, big, parts sort of Hunchback of Notre Dame, um, or Notre Dame, um, I do feel a lot of tension in the shoulders. But you know what a cricket ball, I mean, I've been struck with a cricket ball, struck on my thumb, and the thumb like swelled up, I mean, it is incredibly hard. I mean, it really is an incredibly hard uh, ball to, uh, to, <laughs> to, to, to like, pretend you're like massaging or rolling across. It's absolutely, it, it absolutely stings and hurts and is, uh, is awful uh, if you get it in the wrong place. I mean, getting cricket ball, uh, uh, if you get that in the goulash, I tell you, you could be crying for days. Uh, But I imagine, I think a tennis ball is a bit more give. Probably better for that. So also cat stretch from your chair uh lexi williamson a yoga teacher and author of on the move free your body for stretching movement says a cat-like movement from your chair will uh, decompress and release neck and shoulder tension you can release tension that creeps around your shoulders and neck with elements of the yoga flow cat stretch that involves flexion and extension rounding and arching of your shoulders to warm up and move the muscles in the area start by sitting in an upright in your chair that's part of the problem i slumped over a microphone right now uh feet flat on the floor One hand on each thigh. I mean, I've got one hand on each thigh here. But sitting upright in the chair. Feet flat on the floor. Lift your chest and draw back your shoulders. As you exhale, round or flex your back and tuck in your tailbone. I don't think my tailbone's protruding today. Continue inhaling to lift your chest and exhaling. Gradually add your thumbs up hand position, point your thumbs backwards and palms upwards as you inhale and lift your chest and point your thumbs down as you exhale and round your shoulders. Repeat as long as needed, usually 50, 60 seconds. That's in The Times, this article, by the way. Uh, and also stretch more in the afternoon. You know, Before your afternoon delight, you really need to uh, you need to stretch a little bit more. Uh, poor general posture affects neck and shoulder tension, but a study from Texas A&M University published in January showed that as well as uh, caused by age and being overweight, there's certain times a day when we feel most tension in our neck and shoulders. The researchers tracked 20 men and 20 women with no previous neck tension issues and uh, asked them to repeatedly flex their neck muscles to 40 degrees. Do you need one of those? Uh, do you need like, do you need a special... Uh, some sort of geometry kit to f- figure out the 40 degrees, but I can never figure out the degrees. Replicating the efforts of the keyboard and screen use until they were too tired to continue. They carried out these tests at different times of day, but found that for most people, neck tension increased in the afternoon, regardless of when they perform the exercises. Indicating stretch and release exercises should be done then. So you need stretching and release in the afternoon. So that, as I said, it's afternoon delight time. So over the coming weeks, we're going to have 10 ridiculous Victorian etiquette rules. Education and etiquette, as I like to call it. So just as a little introduction, uh, an introductory piece uh, for today. The Victorians have a reputation for being prim, proper uh, and pernickety. Uh, as a member of the upper class in Victorian England during the reign of uh, Queen Victoria, one had to know the exhaustive rules of etiquette uh, that went along with one's position. Today, many of these rules seem arbitrary and silly. Does it really matter in the order in which dinner party guests entered the dining room at the time? It certainly did, because the social niceties constituted in basic manners and politeness. Of course, some etiquette rules were arbitrary, uh, but they were also nonetheless functional. Every society has such rules like whether to drive on the right or left side of the street to establish uh, expectations and keeping things running smoothly in the Victorian era. Uh, etiquette lubricated the mechanism of social exchange. There were rules for making new friends, keeping up with old friends, and even cutting out morally dubious friends. But most importantly, knowing the rules helped one show respect for everyone else, including servants, acquaintances, nobility, and clergy. For such rules could go too far, it was evident to many that even though social uh, critics of the time popularly mocked, the more ridiculous em- elements of uh, Victorian society. The p- magazine Punch published cartoons of farcical social scenes and the satirist uh, W.S. Gilbert penned humorous lyrics to comic operas skewering silly elements of the culture. We'll take a glimpse at some of these rules and uh, arbitrary rules and etiquette over the, uh, over the coming weeks on the podcast uh but uh, you have to start with proper invitation we kindly request the pleasure of your company today to take part in an explosion of victorian etiquette so i wanted to bring to you today some temporary wartime golf rules so players this is number one players are asked to collect bomb and shrapnel splinters to save these causing damage to the mowing machines number two in competitions, during gunfire, while bombs are falling, players can take cover without penalty for ceasing play. Number three, the positions of known delayed action bombs are marked by red flags at a reasonably, but not guaranteed, safe distance therefrom. Number four, shrapnel and or bomb splinters on the fairway or in bunkers within a club length of the ball may be moved without penalty, and no penalty shall be incurred if the ball is thereby caused to move accidentally. Number 5. A ball moved by enemy action may be replaced or lost, or if it's destroyed, a ball may be dropped, not nearer to the hole, without penalty. Uh, a ball lying in a crater may be lifted and dropped, not nearer to the hole, preserving the line of the hole without penalty. A player whose stroke is affected by the simultaneous explosion of a bomb may play another ball from the same place, a penalty of one stroke. In the wee hours of Saturday night into Sunday morning this last weekend, I suddenly started thinking about that song Fishheads. Don't know if you remember it, uh, but it's a novelty song by the comedy rock uh, duo Barnes & Barnes. Fishheads, Heads," lots of lovely fishheads, something along those lines anyway. Released as a single in 1978, it featured on the 1980 album Booha is the most requested song on the Dr Demento radio show and a music video for the song was made in 1980, was a regular rotation, was one of the earlier songs and videos, one of the earlier videos on MTV. But basically uh, the song is about fish heads laughing and happy in the morning, floating in the soup of the evening and all of the things they are not able to do, uh, such as answering questions because they can't talk, playing baseball, wearing sweaters, I mean, it's it's absolute nonsense, isn't it? Really, playing baseball, wearing sweaters, floating in soup, but happy in the morning, uh, drinking cappuccinos in Italian restaurants with Oriental women. Uh, the uh, song also notes that fish heads can do unique things, like get into movies without having to buy tickets. is often accompanied by high-pitched chorus, achieving by slowing the tape to approximately half the speed. Fish heads, fish heads, roly poly, fish, fish heads, fish heads, fish heads, eat them up, yum. Um, so, in popular culture, it was in the Simpsons episode Treehouse of Horror, uh, and also Alan Arkin sings a song in 1993 movie Indian Summer, and also in the television episode Goodwill of Holt and Catch Fire. But I don't know why it suddenly came to mind that late on a uh, on a Saturday night into Sunday morning, uh, talking about it, discussing uh, this rather ridiculous song floating around in soup, wearing sweaters. I mean, I guess it's like me wearing a sweater in the uh, in the summertime and it feels like you are floating around in suit, but you know what? You don't want to show the sweat off, so you keep wearing the sweater. Uh, but anyway, it seems like Fish Song was maybe the one that got away. I mean, th- it does happen once in a while. One does get away. So whilst thinking uh, what size dungarees I should get uh, and uh, what sort of wafty white dress would look good on me. Um, I, I was thinking about the sound of one hand clapping. The traditional Zen koan, a question posed by a Zen master to the student, is meant to be pondered from within the routine of daily life until the answer opens the true heart of the question. All koans must answered from within the realm of one's personal experience and thus be encountered in the journey of living, rather than the rationalizations of logical thought. Uh, even the wisest Zen teacher cannot tell you uh, your own answer to this question. You must find it for yourself and not in your own mind and not in the comfort of a rational response. So, what is the sound of one hand clapping? To know this, you must experience those aspects of your life that create this very soundless sound emotion within your own being. People who have truly live with a Kohen for an extended period of time come to experience the answer. Uh, in the travels down the path with a particular question, there eventually uh, came to a certain opening of awareness and manifestation of the heart compassion becoming tangible within. The simpler answer, it depends on uh, which your hand is clapping against, the yin and the yang of it, the gestalt, the figure and the ground, the container and the contents. So what is the sound of one hand clapping in your own life? The sound of one hand clapping is the silence. The silence refers to the essence of being with nothingness. I mean, a lot of us have faced this over the last year. Who are you thinking and what are you thinking is being silenced? Our true nature is stillness. That stillness is uh, sometimes everywhere in everything, Uh, but it's uh, up to you. Concepts won't teach you anything. The sound of one hand clapping is a tiny sound that can barely be heard by humans. The hand is the human heart. The clapping is emotions. And the other hand represents the one that makes us whole. Thus, the clapping of both hands is the power of two people's emotions, and the hands touching each other is the connection between the two people. But of course, the butler's mind wanders to the more silliness, uh, the more lightness, the more tongue in cheek of the whole question. I mean, I was thinking that's why Captain Hook was probably a very angry fellow. I mean, he was uh, irascible to say the least. I mean, and that's why with the one hand clapping, that's why Captain Hook could never be a Buddhist. So we have a serial pest in the neighborhood. Combing around. Reconstructing their activities as a is a must. To try to nip them out of the neighborhood. Stop feeding the squirrels. Squirrels and birds carry ticks. My dogs are scratching more than usual. And after inspection, pictures takes and magnified. Pictures were sent to the vet and it was confirmed that they have ticks. Gross. I was wonderfully and ignorantly blissful thinking that you could only get ticks in the mountains and in warmer conditions. Wrong how wrong I was. I was confused since we haven't gone anywhere and our dogs are only in the backyard. How did this indeed happen? Did I mention that I'm scared of ticks? I've done everything to avoid them and thought myself lucky to not have to deal with them. Yeah, not feeling so lucky. I asked vet how I could possibly gotten ticks from being in the backyard. They said that from other wildlife, huh? Not thinking squirrels, birds, raccoons, etc. were considered wildlife, but they are. The endless vacuuming of all day and night medicated shampoo didn't take too seriously the warnings not to get it on myself, but burnt myself when using the shampoo. Running trash outside, emptying the vacuum after each time and loads of laundry is not fun. Combing my dogs, trying to find them and then, uh, then burning since I did not want to use the rubbing alcohol that I have left sucks. Of course, it's like lice. You can't help but itch and panic. You have them and you start checking yourself out with a flashlight and magnifying glass. Oh, please stop feeding the squirrels and birds. I'm sure your intentions were not to spread ticks, but it's happening. And my favorite response to this urban crime, this vermin pest, the squirrel, was this. This post is crazy to me the wildlife was here before we were another point on the whole squirrel lady in that whole situation is how did she get the ticks was she sort of rolling around and romping in the grass in her garden to uh, to actually get the ticks i mean the whole thing is uh it, it's baffling to me that uh, i mean this lady took pictures of the ticks that she removed from her own body and uh, and posted them on the uh on the local app here. I mean, it's really first world problems, uh, the whole uh, whole tick situation. So even I've got Zoom fatigue, says Eric Yoon, the founder of Zoom. Fed up with Zoom meetings, you're not the only one. Even a billionaire founder of the company has had enough. Eric Yoon, who founded Zoom, when his idea for video conferencing platform was rejected by Silicon Valley's giant Cisco, said that he had been suffering from fatigue after too many meetings while working at home. The entrepreneur also said he was planning to call the company employees back to the office for at least two days a week. Yoon said that on one day last year he had 19 Zoom meetings in a row. I'm so tired of that, he told a virtual audience of the Wall Street Journal's CEO Council Summit. I do have meeting fatigue. Jamie Dimon, the chairman and chief executive of JP Morgan Chase, said the investment bank said more of his employees would return to the office this month, adding that remote work did not help generating new ideas, preserving corporate culture or competing for clients. I'm about to cancel all my Zoom meetings. I'm done with it. Zoom fatigue is by, identified by researchers at Stanford University as a generic term for tiredness and as a result video conferencing they said it was uh, caused by excessive close-up eye contact the tiring effect of seeing oneself in real time reduction in mobility and the cognitive load of video chats uh, professor uh, jeremy Ballinson, the founder director of the virtual human interaction now that humans had taken on one of the most natural things in the world. The in-person conversation transformed it into something that involves a lot of thought. He added, you've got to make sure your head is framed within the center of the video. If you want to show somebody that you're agreeing with them, you have to do an exaggerated nod or put your thumbs up. That adds a lot of cognitive load as you're using mental calories. I mean, one thing I found as well, that I was suddenly thinking about is the whole situation with, uh, with Zoom and FaceTime and everything else uh, when it comes to video conferencing or um, on, on the video, basically, um, is, I mean, the question is, am I vain uh, when I feel that I, I feel terrible and awful and discombobulated if I don't comb my hair uh, and, and, and sort my hair out rather than the sort of ravishing mess that it sometimes is before a zoom or facetime call i mean it's always almost become a tick not the sort of tick that the lady was picking out of her pubic hair or whatever you know on this with the squirrel situation but i wonder if she's romping with squirrels i mean I, I again it's baffling to me the whole squirrel tick situation um but anyway no ticks in uh, no ticks in my hair no tick tocks in my hair. um but you know I feel terrible that I have to almost, before I get on the video call, I have to comb my hair. I have to wet my hair, have to gel it up, have to puff it up, have to get the quiff going before any sort of zoom call. Let me just uh, polish my crystal ball a second here. I have some advice from the cosmos. Let's... portray the new moon as a pressure cooker to manifest before eclipse season the cosmos moves and patterns as in not saying last call yet get clear and rooted so as to give yourself stamina of what lies ahead tune your awareness to the present and what this current phase has to offer you which is security self-reliance and uncovering what you value should you lean in such you should need not, not worry as you'll be prepared for the shifts later in the month welcome along to trump or trombone we take some of the most goddamn awful headlines of the week and we equate it to a a trump or a raspy trombone dead bodies are being used to create new coral reefs cremated human remains are mixed up with concrete and sank to the ocean to encourage new ecosystems for sea creatures the memorial balls can include handprints plaques Uh, personal items and messages of loved ones before they get submerged underwater the u.s funeral firm eternal reefs teamed up with the reef ball maker reef innovations to create the green burial service the eternal reef website states that the service which costs about the same as a standard funeral combines a crematorium urn ash scattering and burial at sea in a meaningful permanent environmental tribute to life Uh, the bigger kardashian skeletal arse would make a more pronounced reef and more nautical miles for the fish to swim around. And time travel proof could exist in the finer details of a handful of key historical events. At least this is according to one TikToker who has examined a handful of incidents he believes have impacted by his people somehow traveling through time, and is finding this spark sparked quite the debate amongst his followers. So Santiago, aka uh, Yvonne Peace, Uh, created the seven-part series that grabbed the attention of thousands of users. Uh, So the first uh, incident here is Andrew Carlson's uh, stocks in uh, 2003. A satirical news site published an article stating that a man named Andrew Carlson was arrested and investigated by the FBI after he claimed to be a time traveler from 2026, the Wall Street whiz who had apparently been making lots of cash from uh, knowing which stocks to bid on before traveling back to 2003 to do so. Uh, the report was disregarded due to the nature of the publication, but not before the news websites around the globe took it up. Santiago claims that there was evidence of missing cash from stock market at the time, which he thinks is evidence of the existence of Carlson. And pilgrims from the Mayflower and Native Americans. When pilgrims from the Mayflower were greeted by Native American Somerset, he spoke to them in English, saying "Welcome" and asking them for some beer. Some TikTokers believe that Samoset's knowledge of English before the meeting of the pilgrims, who claimed to be the first foreign settlers on US shores in 1600s, is a sign that time travel exists. However, historians believe that Native American men uh, learned some of the languages from English fishermen who had arrived before. And then the Hamburg shipyard. A well-known time travel debate appeared on the list with the story of a German paper journalist J. Bernard Hutton and his colleague photographer Joachim Brandt. The pair were allegedly assigned to do a story in the Hamburg Altona shipyard in uh, 1932 when they ended up being caught in a full-blown air raid. Uh, They managed to escape in a car, but as they looked back, they couldn't see any destruction to the shipyard. The photos Brandt had taken during the attack showed nothing unusual. It wasn't until 1943 that the British Royal Air Force attacked and destroyed the shipyard, just as Hutton and Brandt had experienced 11 years earlier, leading people to believe that they had seen the future. So, just imagine if the bus had been locked, the bus where Trump and Billy Bush were spouting locker room chat and how it could have changed history. And also think about if the prostitutes have sprayed truth serum all over Trump instead of urine. The cursed cooking pot locked away for 50 years after killing three people who touched it. A cursed cooking pot blamed for several violent deaths had been sealed and entombed for 50 years. The killer kitchen utensil was placed in a specially made steel cage in the mid-1970s after at least three people had touched it. Legend says it can turn the ashes of a dwarf who was killed at Thornton Abbey. The perilous pot had been locked away at Manahart Farm in East Halston, North Lincolnshire until it was found by builders in the 1970s during construction work. But its rediscovery has met with fear from locals who claim the pot was cursed and deadly according to alf barnard the builder in charge who examined it one of the alleged victims uh, charles atkins six had lived in manor farm he is tragically killed by a hay wagon the day after brushing against the pot at the time his brother john atkins said the cooking pot was in our cellar and remember our father telling us never to go near it but we were playing in the cellar one day and charles accidentally bumped into it so did the cooking pot physically do the killings or the food contained in the pot potentially every family has a serial killer recipe one where starvation is preferable for continued well-being and Sainsbury's have made jumbo pigs in beach towels for summer pigs in blankets are not just uh, for life not just for Christmas Sainsbury's have given the festive dinner muster makeover for summer behold pigs in beach towels they're bigger and better than ever too made of jumbo pork sausages wrapped in bacon these piggies are wrapped in chestnut smoked streaky bacon and they're bound to be hit on barbecue so you can pick up a packet for four pounds fifty over the festive period last year sainsbury sold over 20 million individuals pigs in blankets if you're looking for a veggie option though we have feta and spinach parcels falafel balls sweet potato falafel is an option too uh, keeping up with the bar Barbecue theme there are also harissa lamb and uh, chicken koftas uh, chili and garlic prawn skewers and tandoori vegan kebabs if it's not summer if you haven't like uh, if you haven't had halloumi halloumi and vegetable kebabs with a sweet chili glaze sounds absolutely delicious as well but i think i'm going for the jumbo pigs and beach towels for this summer if you remove your towel can you crisp up your crackling you know what i'm saying you could say it's a uh, porkers of summer It's been super having your company today for the podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow. And let me reassure you, a lot of the subjects mentioned at the top of the show uh, will, or could be, possibly, hmm, maybe, covered tomorrow. Uh, So you can listen to the podcast across all of the platforms. Uh, There is an audio version, and there is a Butler Musical Emporium version on Spotify. Uh, But if you just want to listen to me rambling on... Uh, you know, in my mellifluous tones, then the audio version is for you. If you want it interspersed with music, and today we have such music as Big Audio Dynamite, Bruce Springsteen, Andrew Gold, Manic Street Preachers, Ian During the Blockheads, Dum Dums, Wild Cherry, Paul Weller, I mean, Fat Larry's Band. If you want to listen to that, then go across to Spotify to listen to the handpicked, deliciously handpicked, butler emporium playlist and uh, there we go that's what we have uh, ladies and mantelpieces and we're going to be finishing with a poem courage by robert servers today i opened wide my eyes and stared with wonder and surprise to see beneath november skies an apple blossom pear, upon a branch as bleak as night it gleamed exultant on my sight a fairy beacon burning bright of hope and cheer Alas, said I, poor foolish thing, have you mistaken this for spring? Behold, the thrush has taken wing, and winter's near. Serene it seemed to fit its head, the winter wrath I do not dread. Because I am, it proudly said, a pioneer. Some apple blossom must be thirst, with beauty's urgency to burst, into a world for joy or thirst, And so I dare, and I see that none shall see December skies gloom over me, and mock them with my April glee and fearless fare." and i shall hear what none shall hear the hardy robin pipping clear the storm king gallop dark and drear across the sky and i shall know what none shall know the silent kisses of the snow the christmas candle's silver glow before i die then from your frost gemmed window pane one morning you will look in vain my smile of delicate disdain no more to see But though I pass through time and perish in the grail and grime, maybe you'll have a little rhyme to spare for me.